So everyone, we just got news. This is really shocking. And I'm telling you, this is hot off the press. By the time you're listening to this, it will be two days old. We record, we're recording this on Saturday, October 28th at 8.42. But we Matthew Perry has been found dead after apparent drowning. So Matthew Perry, oh best God. known for playing Chandler on Friends, is dead. I... Alia, I mean, we don't, we know nothing about this. I'm reading right now. Right. We literally um, just finished recording the whole podcast and yeah. like we were about to log off and this came out. So I'm reading on TMZ now. Law enforcement sources tell us the actor was found Saturday at an LA home area where we're told he appears to have drowned. Oh. So apparently gosh, first found responders rushed over. Yeah. They rushed over for a call on cardiac arrest. Wow. Uh, This is really... We're told that there were no drugs found at the scene. We're literally just reading this on TMZ right now. Um, This is insane. Wow. I mean... That's all the information that's out right now. Yeah, we don't have anything to report. I'm sure when you're listening to this, more will come. So all we can say is that our prayers and thoughts go out to his friends, his family. And of course, Matthew Perry is someone who has dealt a lot with struggles and mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse and has been very open about it, has been a champion for people who have been able to survive and overcome that. So this is sad news. Hello, you listeners. Welcome to the Purple Podcast. I am Serge Clivio. And I'm Alia Hodge. And today, did you like that intro, Alia? I did. It was I very just, different. I don't know. I wanted to I wanted to give it a little spice today, yeah, I felt, for episode seven. Yeah, let's give seven. them a little pizzazz. Right? We only got a few left this season. Isn't that crazy? I know. That's really weird, actually. It is weird. We're kind of flying through. Well, well, today, we're going to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, Britney's memoir, Billboard's top 500 pop songs, and much, much more. It's been quite a quite a two weeks of news, I feel. And so yeah. I'm really excited to kind of dig into some of the bigger headlines. As you know, we love to donate to a good cause. And this week, we are donating to keepachildalive.org. It was actually co-founded by Alicia Keys. Woo. She has And she has a new show downtown at The Public uh, that just began previews, I believe. Yeah, it did. And- Serge, when you take me, Eddie. When oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That show. When we're going, yeah, we'll go. Let's go. Yeah, we'll go. We can review it. I'm really excited for it. And um, keep a child alive. The foundation is committed to empowering children and young people with the necessary resources, confidence, and opportunities to reach their full potential and live happier, healthier lives. You can find the link in the episode description. And as you know, we love a good follow. Give us five stars. Write our write your review about how great we really are. Mm-hmm. The more followers, the more stars we get, the better we do. And we are, I'm telling you, we're cruising right now. So we'll take we'll take more followers and uh, stars because I think it's only gonna push us toward that ad, those ads. So, <gasps> oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> I know this we just podcast keep... is brought to you by <laughs> Squarespace. We- 
Ooh, Squarespace. Interesting yeah. choice, Alia. I mean, that's when like that's when you really know your I, podcast is popping is when you get sponsored by I Squarespace. Mean. I love that. We're definitely trending up. So, you know, keep smashing that like button, as the kids say. Oh my God. Um, I know. Should we jump into <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon? I mean, we must. We have what, to. Because what an epic. <laughs> an epic three and a half hours. And boy, did it feel like it. <laughs> boy, was, I, did I put it, it was feel thick. Like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is thick. It's just heavy. It's right. a heavy, it's not something you could just waltz into. You no, really got to emotionally prepare before and after because. Yes, like you really lot. have to di- be ready to digest, be ready to consume and digest. Yes. I agree. This this is based on a true story that centers around a series of murders of Osage members and relations in the Osage Nation in Oklahoma during the 1920s. It has um, screenplay and was directed by the brilliant legend Martin Scorsese. And I have to say, Alia, I I genuinely feel like it it was a film for the ages for him. I feel like his whole career was leading up to this. You could tell the passion and the storytelling that he really put behind this. Mm -hmm. It really is like one of his maybe definitive pieces. I mean, that might be like early to say and it might be recency bias, but like... It just really is a film. You know what I mean? Like that meme of him being like, this is cinema. Like that really was cinema. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's a good this meme. is why we go to the movies. Like this, I, I had no idea about this, that this was a real story. Like Me neither, which like, is crazy. Make, yeah, exactly. Like him really highlighting this and like making this um, like one of his possibly like last ever films, yeah. I think says a lot. Um, so I just think we all need to be grateful that he is still making movies and making it, making them at this caliber. I agree. And thanks for saying about recency bias, because maybe it is, but I I have to say, I mean, I remember leaving it. I think I texted you. I I was, I was saying like, it was, I I was, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was for some reason. I don't know why, but. I was like really blown away by it. And Nicholas, shout out to my cousin Nicholas, he like replied to my Instagram story and was like, was it good? And I was like, it's, I think, one of his best films. And yeah. Nicholas was like, that's a really big statement. And I was like, I know that, but I genuinely believe it. It, it was, I've been thinking about it still. And I saw it Thursday, the premiere on Thursday at AMC Lincoln Square. Um, <laughs> so like, I was, I was just blown away by the way that, Marty, our good friend Scorsese, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way he told the story, right? Like, I, I don't know. Let's maybe get into that because he was respectful of the the culture and and the way that he told it. I was really, really impressed by. Yeah, I agree. I know. Um, I've seen some like discourse online about him like telling this story, sure. um, but he didn't tell it from the perspective of the Osage people, right? Um, you know, from their perspective, I think like, and he knew that he shouldn't be telling it from their perspective. Like he was very respectful about their culture and he had, you know, multiple consultants um, about their culture, about the language, about everything. Um, And some of them have spoken about this as well, about how they're just glad that um, they're proud of the piece of art that they helped to create. And, you know, maybe one day we will get um, one of them to make, you know, their film about, you know, their perspective on the situation. But I think him taking it from um, the perspective that 
the movie is from Leo and Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro's character, um, their perspectives. I think that was the right way to go. Um, yeah, and, from his standpoint. And I like that the moments that we got from the Osage perspective were driven by the Osage members. You know, when they're, yes. for lack of better terms, and I'm, I apologize, the board meetings, they weren't board meetings. You know what I'm talking <laughs> right. about? Though? Like the yeah. council meetings. Yeah, the council yeah. meetings. You know, I thought it was those from, were... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was very well done. Very well done. To show their perspective yes, from the, like their mouths. I was really impressed with that recurring kind of theme the scene recurring scene mm-hmm. i i thought it was really well done you mentioned leonardo dicaprio robert de niro and also let's mention lily gladstone just fantastic <sighs> performances all around fantastic oscar 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 they yeah, should lily get lily gladstone hive let's fucking rise lily the fuck Gladstone. Up. She? she really like- turned in for this one and to like i was listening to i don't do you listen to the big picture Yes. Yes. I, I haven't listened to this. I, did they talk about it? I got to listen. Shout out yes. to the ringer. Yeah, no, okay. they're amazing. All their contact they put, put yeah. out is amazing. But just they were talking about how, like, how much of a feat it is to be in the frame with Leonardo DiCaprio, one of our most charismatic actors of all time, and, like, steal the focus. Like, it's like I'm watching yes. Lily Gladstone over Leo DiCaprio. Like, and she's not saying much. She really just kind of has this like gravitas, this like force behind her. And like she's so like locked in through the whole movie. It's kind of like crazy to watch. I've never seen a performance like it, I don't think. Yeah, I, I can't. I wish that was very well said, Alia, for real. That was one of your best. That was one of your best this season. That was really <laughs> yeah, well, well done. Thank you. No, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know what more to say otherwise than she was incredibly captivating moving i cared deeply every time she was on screen mm-hmm. she 1000 percent should really get her her flowers for this one because it was also a tough role actually she what almost a tough had role. the most difficult job too right and so yeah she, she really had through, the hardest part because, of the like she's grieving the whole i was gonna say movie. her emotional journey is far more intense and complex than the rest yeah right and i mean like all that to say i mean obviously leonardo dicaprio was amazing um amazing as always and like robert de niro like fucking Wait, like coming in Rob- robert like, de niro at his age like fucking full out no i kept i saw this with so i as i said I saw the premiere with my friend savannah shout out to savannah and when we were leaving i just kept saying i thought for some reason like rob de niro was going to be like in a chair you know maybe giving some monologues here and there this man was active in the film mm-hmm. active in the film giving us character art giving us conflict giving us an incredible performance from robert de niro like like again i think one of his best performances if this is the last thing he does it was fantastic work right like going out swinging full wow. force yeah no everyone is like on their a game and like speaking of like actors that are in this movie oh. like you get two hours in and then like jesse plemons just like shows up and you're just like hello like the caliber here is wild and the fact that that happened like a third into the movie i mean two thirds into the movie two-thirds. is I insane laughed. oh he i literally, literally sh- went oh <laughs> yeah he showed up at the door and i said oh my gosh out loud do you know what i mean i was like yes that's right i knew he was in this and i just totally totally forgot 
Right, because you're so like into the film and then he really like takes the film to the next kind of level. I mean, like his character too. And then like five minutes later, John Lithgow appears and you're like, hello. And then in the next scene, Brendan Fraser shows up. Academy Award winner. Literally. I did think that his performance was bizarre. I hate to say it. It was it was bizarre. I mean, it was just random, and like he was like, like he was in literally in like two scenes, and he was literally going full out. Like he made a strong choice and was yeah, committed. Like that scene when they're like cornering Leo in that like basement bar or whatever it is, I yeah. was like, "What's going on?" It was kind of odd. I'm not gonna lie. I felt like he was maybe thought it was different it felt like it was like he got different notes and then that's all the all the takes they had for him his, his i know what you mean I know what yeah you his mean. performance was strange loved to seeing john lithgow though i mean he was great i always. guess like always. he was just like they really i put in the 11th hour they really came yeah. in swinging you know? they really did because like i said this movie is long you will it's, feel it oh yeah um, it's three and a half hours full three and a half hours truly. there's no it's three and a half hours like yeah. i actually felt like i couldn't get up to pee i don't know about you i was like i have to watch what's going on here yeah no i i felt i i felt that way i did go pee really quickly like Ooh. once jesse plemons character shows up there's like a scene was after a then mm-hmm. um you got just it was more exposition for jesse and that was good yeah that was good for you well, yeah. yeah like so i was like okay let me just like sneak out right i think i'm okay but yeah there's really no good time i would say i mean there's just so many like beautiful small moments that mm-hmm. i feel like create this film as a whole so i think it's really important to see it in its whole um yeah i I agree the only thing the critique i had was the time lapsing of it i thought was done well most of the time but i couldn't understand leo and molly's family i I understand that like they, they made such a big deal of that one child where i was like don't they have other children and then i said no that was only the one then they did turn out to have other children so that part i was a little confused about but the rest yeah, the of time, it, the yeah. way the time moved wasn't like spelled out for you. Like you kind no. of had to just kind of like keep up with the way that the story was being told, which wasn't like super like. And now we're in nineteen. No, it's really whatever. not in your like, face at all. Like, yeah, you have no, it's to like oh, they are. They have like two kids now. Oh, they have three right. kids. You know what I mean? Like you were just kind of um, keeping up with the way that good old Marty is telling the story. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say my favorite part of the show was the hats the headwear <laughs> come on the headwear right. was amazing. hat game was amazing <laughs> oh my gosh every time a new hat guy was like the hat the hat is amazing you know what's weird though can i tell you the strange thing and again savannah my friend will attest to this we get into the amc i i want everyone to listen who's been to amc and in, in um at lincoln square it was at the dolby theater right classic so yep so we go in which first of all i still can never get in and out of that theater without getting lost for some reason <laughs> it's always just like dark and i never know how to leave and come back no that's anyway, very true that, right? that kind of, i never know how to get to my seat and that i'll turn lost. around every time so we were in the balcony alia you taught me the balcony is the best seating there it I is only the know, best i only do the balcony and savannah was like i've never sat on the balcony i was like it's the best one so we sit down and this woman comes in and sits next to us Sits down, takes off her shoes, doesn't have socks on, takes off her shoes, takes out a full meal, takes out a chihuahua, (gasps) a a live chihuahua. 
out of the bag. She said, bitch, I'm getting comfy. Literally. This movie's long. And the person next to me was pissed. He was like, you could tell he was one of those, he was he was a theater goer. Do you know what yes, I mean? And yes, shout out to him. But he was here to see Martin Scorsese's film. Yes, like, on opening night. He, yeah, yeah I don't know. he kept looking at me and whispering. He was like, is she kidding me? This is enough. This is enough. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say, bro. <laughs> like, right. No, like, I, I feel her. I, I also brought a full meal into the film because <laughs> I mean I saw I saw it at like dinner time. I was like, yeah. I have to eat because I'm not gonna get out of here until like eleven PM. No, I know it was I actually wish we we did get popcorn, but we finished it like in the first twenty minutes. Exactly. And I didn't want to leave to get the refill for the Stubbs members because I thought I'd miss right. something. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that was just a funny part of it. There was a live chihuahua <laughs> in my my premiere screening. Incredible. Um, She's like, bitch, I'm cozy. Yeah, she really was cozy. Yeah. So it it cost two Two hundred million dollars to make, and Alia, you updated the box. This is correct. It, it made at the box office right now just under sixty million. So, not a good opening weekend. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what it's made so far. So far, so we're like that's not even just opening weekend. weekend. I think yeah. opening weekend was like forty something. And you just compare it to Oppenheimer, which was one billion. <laughs> Same with Barbie. Same with yeah. Barbie. Why? Why do you think? What is the marketing wrong? What, what happened I, here? I think it's the time. I think it's the time. Okay. People don't want to sit in a three-hour movie unless like there are superheroes flying around. And even okay. then, I feel like people are kind of like, oh, we'll see. But like, I mean. Uh, uh, but Oppenheimer was also three hours. Uh, but, but but do you think that Barbie actually helped Oppenheimer? Do you know what I, think I mean? Barbie helped Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer like they, was a thing, you know. Yeah, I think it helped each other for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. it's also the the material. I think it's the subject yeah. matter. Um, I mean, it's not light. It's not. I mean, Oppenheimer wasn't light either. But like, but it was a, a subject matter we were familiar with. If that yeah, like sense. you're like, oh, I know, like about the Oppenheimer bomb. Like I, I yeah. can like follow that. Whereas this, like, I feel like it's less known. I mean, I didn't know about it until this movie, and it's also just like brutal murder after brutal murder. Like, right? And, oh, no, there's like, no happiness here. For yeah, sure. like, and there's already like what we're going through in the world right now is already yeah, like so dark. So people point. probably that's a good point. It's also like a weird time of year to go to the movies. Like it's right before the holidays. Not like spooky. This yeah it's movie, not like... scary yeah it's just kind of like but i also think the marketing because like you said like this is like an apple tv plus production right. so my question was and i don't want to interrupt you but originally this was just going to be released on apple tv plus and my question yeah. is because of the length do you actually think that it would have done better in viewership if that were the case if we said hey let's sit at home and watch this three and a half hour movie um probably like i think it would definitely get people to like subscribe to apple tv plus yeah. for this but then i think i wouldn't have been as in i was you really be in, in the in, film exactly you want to be as invested because you can pause it you can like come back to it another time another day like this is definitely like a film where you like are meant to like sit and watch and like take it all in at once so i just saw a tweet before recording this saying that like some theaters around the country are putting an intermission in which, and, shout out to our, our dear friend of the pod, Michael Mahady. He keeps asking why we don't go back to the olden days of film where you do have an intermission. I would have I, loved an intermission in my film. I totally agree. And, and like there's, an intermission there's a few spots that, like, that right. you could do it here. Yeah, And like an intermission that like Martin Scorsese like picks yes, out. Like right. he places it like it's a part of the film. But these theaters are like making their own intermission. And I guess like Apple and Paramount are cracking down on this because I guess oh, like they have an agreement with them to like not do that. Um, 
so I think it definitely like affects your viewing of the film. But I mean, I get it. Like I would yeah, have loved long. to have an intermission just to like have a moment, just like a Me quick too. five minutes. I think you're right. And do you think this will affect its Oscar campaigns? Because it makes me sad if it does. Uh, this for me, as you know, you know my love for the Fablemans, Ali last year. This for me, <laughs> Jesus this, this for me is the Fablemans of this year. I, I loved this film. I, I, I don't think I'll see something I like more than this. Just for me personally, I just thought it was really, really an amalgamation of so many wonderful, wonderful performances and a great, great story that needed to be brought up and just done so eloquently. Yeah, I agree. I think. I, I don't think there will be a better movie than this coming out for this year's Oscars. I mean, there still remains to be seen. There's so many movies that are to come out, but a lot of movies might be pushed back because of the strike. Right. So this, if if the strike continues and movies do get pushed back, it might give a, a better chance, especially for people like Lily Gladstone to like really shine. Um, I don't know. I think it will definitely be nominated for Oscars, but like yes. the Oscars don't really tend to give movies that are like this dim in subject matter like and to they not, like to give like uplifting right you know not necessarily like barbie barbie level like happiness but just like you know like coda it's like oh like you know uplifting well, and like heartwarming and you know yeah and this like is just green sad. book and such and like it, yeah to not bang it out in the box office actually makes it it has a have a lesser case but Hey, nonetheless, everyone should go see it. Killers of the Flower Moon is in theaters now. Martin Scorsese really, really gave us a wonderful film and some fantastic performances. So go see it if you can. We highly recommend it. And as Alia said, it is three and a half hours. You may want to bring a meal. Let's talk about Britney Spears's memoir, The Woman in Me. Literally the biggest news, I think, of the last few weeks for sure. Everyone is reading this. Everyone is reading this will be one of the biggest events of the year, I think, that we have I, had. I think so, too. I think It'll so, too. It'll be on our year-end list. Um, <laughs> almost half a million copies are already sold, making it the highest-selling celebrity memoir in history. I didn't. Did you put that? I didn't know that. I did, because Brittany tweeted sorry. about it. Oh, she my was like, gosh, on the, I just on the read it blind. Came, yeah, on wow. the first day it came out, she tweeted. She was like... You, thank you guys for like making this already the highest selling celebrity memoir in history. Like I'm so, you know, happy. And I mean, this number is old. Like I haven't seen an updated right, so number. It's more than a half million. Wow. Yeah. At this point, I'm sure by now. Yeah. Well, so people I, are reading this. The gays are reading this. Well, and let me tell you, I have finished it. <laughs> I will just, I just want to say, I did not read a single word. I listened to it all narrated by Michelle Williams. And let me say something clear so that everyone's listening. Michelle Williams will win a Grammy Award for this this year. I'm not kidding. Oh, I guess it has to be next year. Damn it. That's so upsetting. <laughs> That's so upsetting. Oh, no. When I'm is, realizing when is this the eligibility period. No, done? they changed it this year. It's September. Oh, come oh, on. Jeez. That's so annoying because she will win a Grammy for this. Her narration is fantastic. And you know what I found out at the end, Alia, because I was listening and I normally don't listen to the ending credits, but I don't read the ending credits, but I listened this time. It was directed by Tommy Kale. Classic. They're married. Like, Right. They're married. Of course it was. So Screaming. Just, it's great. I do recommend if you are on the fence, definitely listen to it because it's, 
infatuating listening to Michelle Williams. And she does this impression of Justin Timberlake that has gone viral. It's gone so viral. I'm not sure we would have the right. If we can put it in, we'll put it in. We'll try to figure that out. But if not, then I'm sorry. But it's somewhere online. I'm sure it's online. Right, Alia? You just type type in Michelle Williams, Justin Timberlake, and I'm sure it'll be one of the first things to come up because... Yeah. Ooh, it's a tough look for our guy, which we'll get into. Yes, it's a tough look for our guy. Yes, we will get into. Now, it does open with an intro and prologue by Britney Spears herself. So she reads it to, she wrote the, well, she wrote the book, but um, she reads the intro and prologue on Audible. And it was very nice to hear her voice intro it and then go right into Michelle Williams. Um, I think like there's a lot we could talk about, but let's talk about the highlights, the bullet points that are important. Yes, Britney's parents. Yeah, Britney's parents are terrible. They <laughs> shocker. I mean, they're just miserable people. This poor, poor girl. They're so they're both alcoholics, which you know, of course, is a sickness, and and we wish that they will get better, but. Unfortunately, it seems like it's something that has really, really affected Brittany. And they had her drinking from the age of 14. There's this part in the book that they were saying that her mom, Brittany, and Jamie Lynn were going to the zoo. And, um, you know, they packed the car with snacks and waters. And they gave Brittany, like, a an alcoholic beverage in her water bottle. Oof. Yeah, so... And, and of course, Brittany, Brittany was very honest. She was like, I loved it. It tasted like candy. You know, they gave, they gave her a right. sweet drink and she doesn't, I think, you know, how do you know at that age that this is a corruption, you know, that yeah, this is corrupting you, know. you? Oh my God. So that was hard. She believed that, you know, being able to go into music, the, the world of music was a profound and mystical place where anything was possible and really was an escape from reality. One of the quotes from the book says, quote, all I wanted was to be taken away from my everyday world. As when I was alone with my thoughts, I felt deep fear. Singing took me into the presence of the divine, end quote. So definitely an escape. That's how she discovered music and mm-hmm. her her first professional role, Alia, I just thought you would love this. And yeah. it's so... I didn't this know is wild. This. This I didn't know crazy. this either. They moved to New York. She gets a talent agent. She's like, I want to be in the theater, of course, like all of us. And she's like, I'm going to go to New York. They went to New York and she got cast in Ruthless the Musical off Broadway, which is that still running? I don't know. It's I, around. It sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it's like it's definitely around. But she was an understudy to the lead who was played by Laura Bell Bundy. Which, which is just perfect like that just makes sense to me you can't even explain it to people who don't get it like no like laura bell bundy played elle woods on broadway like that's laura bell bundy she originated elle fucking woods and i know nothing about ruthless the musical but the fact that britney spears was understanding her makes makes everything correct it seems like you said and guess who else was understudying with britney spears natalie portman oh my god isn't that wild? This world is too fucking small. I know. And just the fact that they were all in a room off Broadway and Ruthless the Musical is so right. crazy at one time Making in our lives. Broadway money, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So so she loved the closeness that she felt with people and she learned how to sing in a theater with small acoustics. Obviously, since then she joined the Mickey Mouse Club and that, you know, catapulted her into fame. One of I would say the absolute 
biggest stories that broke was that it was revealed that she had an abortion after Justin Timberlake got her pregnant because he, quote, wasn't ready to be a father, end quote. I, you know, it's interesting. And I like thought a lot about this, Ali, before we recorded this, because, you know, going on the record saying this, I think what I want to say is could be twisted. And so I just want to be clear that I think there's a lot to blame Justin for, but I do think the way that the media has portrayed this story now after reading it is not incredibly 100% accurate. Mm. Uh, if I may, so pr- the way Brittany tells the story, again, this is just the way Brittany tells the story, is that, yes, Justin Timberlake obviously was like, you can't have the baby. And, you know, it should be up to Brittany, and I think that's why people were upset. However, the point is... Justin was like, I don't want to be a dad. And Britney's team around her was like, you know, you can't have this baby. And really it put Britney into a spot where she felt like she didn't have a choice. But I think what's important to note is that Britney is very clear that she was very consensual, one, to obviously the the sex that her and Justin were having, and to the abortion that she was prompted. So mm-hmm. there was, you know, as much as I do think the media is saying it was forced upon by Justin specifically, though I'm sure there are a, there is a lot more that goes into that. And, you know, I don't think the man should necessarily be telling the woman what to do with the child. Mm-hmm. It was, they were both incredibly young. It was something that happened. And at the end of the day, Brittany did, you know, willingly agreed. And this is her saying that like she willingly agreed that it happened. And from that, she didn't realize how traumatized, of course, she would be. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe she would have done things differently if they went back. But these are two really, really young kids who were more famous than we'll ever imagine. And so, yeah, it's hard. The the pressure that they were under at the time was probably really insane. And I think it's really hard to to, you know, dissect that story. And and it is another grabby headline. And and honestly, it when is, I after yeah. I read it, it, it did make me a little upset about the headlines because I mm-hmm. think they just lack context. Now, where I think Justin Timberlake definitely, definitely, definitely owes an apology mm-hmm. is that he really painted her out to be like a harlot, pretty much, right? If you will. Like yeah. he was going around cheating and broke up with her via text message. That ass. And she was painted as like the blonde slut whore who was going around and like couldn't keep a man. And Justin, of course, had just released Justified and Cry Me a River that right, was Cry about Me a River video. Yeah, the video that was about Britney. And Britney's like, what the hell, man? Like you right. just left, you you got me pregnant. We got an abortion. You got up and left you've been you were cheating on me and you broke up with me via text and i'm the i'm the issue like you're painting out this so that is where justin timberlake really used his power of being a white male and it really is quite upsetting to to hear because i am a justin timberlake music fan and and after reading this it just the fact that he has not actually responded i think is Says- so it speaks volumes. Why? It speaks volumes for sure. Like, where's the interview with Justin's and and not to hear Justin's side to just simply apologize and like mm-hmm. recognize change. We had this whole issue with the Justice for Janet movement too. Like, mm-hmm. never apologize to Janet Jackson. This man has clearly just spent his days and is credited like his career is credited to really making large strides thanks to the women that he was involved with Mm -hmm. yeah it's really like 
like I've always loved Justin Timberlake. Like he was my first crush. Like oh when my I, gosh, well right. I think yeah, that's like yeah. in sync and everything. And so it was just like really disappointing to like just the hits keep on coming with him. I mean, I don't really like listen to his music at all, like anymore. Um, like <laughs> ever. Um, but like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like damn. Like he really just like is that guy. Right. And it just I think like that, sucks. You know, I think that Britney summed it up well when she said, quote, I don't think Justin realized the power he had in shaming me. I still don't think he realizes it to this day. End quote. Again, Justin Timberlake, why can't you just say you're sorry? You've now turned off your Instagram comments because yeah. you know you're getting the backlash, bro. It's like he doesn't, yeah, like like she put it perfectly. He doesn't realize like the consequences of his like actions to people and the way he treats people and like that these repercussions can like ripple like many, many years to come. And he just like, doesn't realize that I don't think cause he's like always been in this position of like power and fame. So he just like is living in his own like delusional world. When I think she's just ignoring it. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know if this is true, but like, Apparently, um, sources are saying that like this reveal about the abortion is like causing chaos in his family and that some say that Jessica Beale, his wife, might not have known prior to this memoir. And that's, that's just like crazy wild to me. I'm like, that truly can't be true because if that is like that is a fucking crazy thing to find out so uh, I mean, many years into your marriage. Separation, honestly. They have a family together. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, like, if that's true, like, he really just is a piece of shit. Oh, 1000%. And yeah. um, I think what's interesting about Britney is like the longing. I think what we've seen here a lot of times when we when we've heard about celebrities from broken homes, they long to want to make their parents happy. And after yeah. she really, yeah. After she released Oops, I Did It Again, she gave her parents a clean slate. She paid all her dad's debts off, which as you know now, is very frustrating after hearing about the conservatorship mm -hmm. and the way that her dad was a miserable person. It's ha She happily announced at the end of the book that she has reconciled with him, but I love the twist she put on it. She was like, reconciling for me is now no longer speaking to him. And like, Oops. good for you, girl, right? No, good absolutely. for you. Absolutely, that's what he deserves for sure. Yes, yes, he's a terrible human being. And um, she bought her mom a house. This is the same mom that, you know, just a few years ago when Britney was going through the conservatorship, wrote a book and decided to tour with it and make a lot of money on her daughter's success. So really insane. poor just, Britney, yeah. she did a lot of the right things to try to, be normal and to try mm -hmm. to gain love from those around her. And it's not something she really ever knew. Um, okay. One of the craziest tidbits, Alia, was that she was approached and asked to be in Chicago, the musical, the film version. Which is can, can you wild. Imagine that? Can you imagine? As Roxy, I'm assuming. As Roxy Hart. Right. Yeah. I mean that she is Roxy Hart. She is. So that really would have been like, really iconic i mean obviously like the movie is so that's good and like crazy. renee zellweger movie, like slayed well, but that's like what i mean you think it couldn't have been any better but wow yeah 
she she actually said she doesn't have many regrets in life. Like she doesn't like to think about life like that because she's been mm-hmm. through so much shit. But she said that this is one of her biggest regrets. She feel like she regrets playing it safe, especially after like she saw it. And I mean, I think we can probably safely say it's it, one of, if not the best, musical movie that was. I think has it ever is. I think it's the best musical movie. I mean, of it's, all time. imagine her doing like, oh, geez, yeah, that we really would have been the, the ultimate and, like, sleigh. Yeah, uh, it would have been such a fucking sleigh. I mean, I read on. A, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, maybe she'll do us, maybe she'll do like a share one act, um, one person West Side Story, but Chicago. Right. Oh my God. No, please. That's, that's really what we need. That is really what we need to heal, heal as a nation. Um, I was reading on Twitter that she, um, says in the book that she quit acting after filming Crossroads, um, because she said she started method acting. You're right. Okay, Alia, she literally was like, I didn't know I was method acting, but I was method acting during Crossroads. If any of you have seen Crossroads, <laughs> I don't mean to, but I'm not sure what much there is to method act about the role, but okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I just thought that was hilarious. You're but right. She, she talks about that at length. <laughs> which is funny. And it just sucks that she did quit acting because I feel like she had so much potential. Wait, I think you're so right. Yeah. Like, her audition tape for The Notebook was leaked or released this week. Um, she auditioned yes. for Allie, the Rachel McAdams part. And let me tell you, she fucking ate. She just like is like locked in. But like Britney like really like held her own. Like I was like very surprised. Like when she was getting to the emotional parts and when she was crying, she was really dropped in. No, she uh, used to. I was like, this is it. not easy to do. Right. And she was think, she was killing it for real. Yeah. I think that her time in Crossroads really has veered her off course from acting ever again. I know, which is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. She touches a bunch of other things like the conservatorship, the Instagrams, the posing nude, the free Britney movement. I highly, highly recommend this book to be read for pop culture lovers and lovers of Britney. I have been, many people are surprised to hear, but I have been a big Britney fan since really birth. I, I went and saw the circus um, tour with my mom. Like I, I know I love Britney Spears and a lot of people think I just like singers, but the things that Britney Spears has done for popular music is unheard of aside from Madonna. So there, there is no one else that did it the way Britney did it. And she faced such controversy every step of the way. She talks about when she shaved her head. She talks about mm-hmm. being, you know, addicted to the drugs that they're given her just to escape, right? And mm-hmm. it, it, it's unbelievable that she was never able to speak for herself and make her own decisions. And it's so sad. And I'm so happy that now she's getting to the other side. However, Alia... There's speculation that Britney did not write this book. And I put this in because I was hearing it on TikTok before I read the book. I saved the book for my plane rides this week when I was traveling so I could listen to it. And the the evidence behind this, this conspiracy theory is that the people interview was done via email. So she hasn't sat down with anyone. Um, the photo was sent in. So there was no photo shoot. And that you have Michelle Williams narrating the audiobook. I, after listening to this book, think there is no plausible way that this is true. And I say this not in like a, a like um, a cri- criticism way. The book was clearly not written by a seasoned author or seasoned writer. Yeah. There were there are parts of the book that are not 
really even Michelle Williams I think has struggled with getting the point across <laughs> there are some there's some strange strange aspects of the book it's a bit childish honestly but not none to say I loved I loved it but I think like this was not like an author that wrote this book at all I think at the the very least like Britney Spears maybe and didn't sit, sit down and write it but had someone write it for her while she just yeah, like you know, a kind ghost of spoke it all I think yeah, and I think that's that's as as crazy as it gets. I I don't think this conspiracy of her not writing the book is is relevant. And yeah, I, I mean, say, I I saw that like she was gonna do like maybe like an interview with like Oprah and like maybe one yeah. other big thing, but I think she just like doesn't really want to do interviews like that anymore, and it's understandable exactly. why. <laughs> exactly. When you read the book, I was like, of course she sent in a photo and did the e- interview over email. Like she's like, I don't want to yeah. see any of you people. You all ruined my life. Literally, right. all of you ruined my life exactly the thing i learned was that she loves mariah carey so much and obviously i'm going to talk about this because of my love for mariah carey but i didn't know i i didn't know this she said like she literally started shooting music videos by herself because she watched mariah music videos so she would go in the backyard and like shoot videos to mariah carey songs and she said Yeah, she literally says, quote, she speaks about Mariah many times. And she says, quote, I did everything Mariah Carey told me to do. Mariah Carey knew about ring lights 20 years before anyone else, which is wild, by the way. Right. (laughs) Everything she did was always correct. I did everything she told me. I won an award that night, but I don't even remember what it was. A photo with Mariah Carey was the real prize, end quote. I just need you all to picture me on a Delta Airlines flight listening to this being told by Michelle Williams and me just <laughs> clicking back 30 seconds like four times to listen right, to, to it listen again. to that. <laughs> that is so iconic. It is kind of iconic. I'm like, go off, Mariah and Brittany. I lo- Where's that collab? We love to see For it. real. Two queens giving. Come on. Yeah. Really no, that should actually happen now. It should. Read the book. Listen to the book. It's available nationwide, bookstores, Amazon, Audible. And um, it, it is uh, a triumph for sure. It really mm-hmm. is a triumph. Good for you, Britney Spears. I'm so glad that she is free. Obviously, Ollie and I both are were big supporters of the Free Britney movement, and I only hope the best for her. For real. Like, we genuinely do. We really do. We genuinely wish her well. Like, <laughs> we, not our sarcastic yeah, way. Like, we genuinely right. wish her well. Thank you, Alia. We cannot wish her any more well than we do, I think. For real. <laughs> Music corner. Let's Ooh. kick it, Alia. Why don't you take us, t- start us off with some billboard news? Yeah. So, billboard randomly decided to this rank. This was so random. This was so random. They randomly decided to rank the top 500 pop songs of all time. So, we were like, let's just like, talk about this a little bit so yeah it is definitely (laughs) doubly interesting um the list includes adele mariah carey annie lennox gaga janet jackson beyonce taylor swift nsync britney and many many more all of your faves are here um so let's talk about the top 10 real quick um coming in at number 10 i want to hold your hand by the beatles i mean classic what a song what a song everyone knows it everyone loves it you can't be mad no, at number nine, no. at number nine is California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. Shocked this is in the top ten. I guess. I mean, it's a great song. I guess I, I guess I am like surprised it's in the top ten. Like it could be in the top, you know, 15. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I guess top ten, I'm gonna yeah, you're right. Now that now that you mention it, no, uh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> number eight, 
Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm sorry. I think this is a great, great choice for a number eight song about the pop song about time. I think this song is iconic. I really do. I think I it's think a brilliant it's song. I think it's a I brilliant it's song. Good. I knew you wouldn't love this choice. <laughs> I'm just like top 10 of all time. Well, and you know what though? You know what this begs the question, which I know we're only at number eight. Well, we'll get through the rest. <laughs> is pop songs. Now this is a mixture of popular songs this these are not what i'd call necessarily that is also california true. love is not, love a, song is not a pop song that is not a pop song right that is a hip-hop song so it's interesting i think You're pop right. wise yeah you know it, it's it's an, it's an it's an interesting billboard is just who knows what they thought when they were I doing mean, this i mean the billboard it's, music award nominations is, came out this oh, week and it's a fucking I mean, mess so we're not even talking such, about it no we're not it's not on the outline no. number seven is billy jean by michael jackson yeah i mean yeah yeah undisputed <laughs> yep um uh, number six like a prayer by madonna not my favorite madonna song but a great one and i understand Likewise, why it's there i agree i agree number five i was shocked by this and this is a song that we both love but it is since you've been gone by kelly clarkson i love this song i love this song too you think it's number five of the top 500 pop songs of all time I think Since it, you've been gone? Yeah, I feel like it could be wow. like in the top 10, but like a little lower maybe. Yeah, I maybe think it should be nine where like California. Because yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about the misses soon. And I do think there is some missing here. But, I but agree. yeah, I, I'm like five, the top five. A good. I mean, I love Kelly Clarkson. I, right, I the song I'm not, is yeah. great. I'm not like necessarily mad about it. I'm just like, number that's, five. Yeah. I was surprised. I was really surprised. No, I'm definitely surprised. Um, But I, I think it deserves to be in the top 10 number four i want it that way by the backstreet boys deserves i i so agree i deserve what what a song (laughs) what a fucking banger this song came on like when i was in the grocery store in the berkshires and literally like me and my boyfriend sang it out loud like full out this this song is so good this is the first song I learned how to play piano and sing with simultaneously. This was the song yeah, that I did that to. Just a fucking classic. <laughs> Number three is My Girl by The Temptations. Just I a just slapped my leg. I hope you all heard it because good yeah. fucking tune. A great, great, great song. Who great doesn't know song. that song? Everyone knows her. Everyone loves yep. her. She is our girl. She is our girl. The Temptations. Oh, they, they they also rock. got a good musical going on. That's a good one. They do. Um, number two, Dancing Queen by ABBA. I Who mean, can be mad? No one. Every, again, everyone knows her. Everyone loves her. That shit comes on at a wedding. Everyone's fucking on their feet. Yeah, are you kidding? What, what a song. Who's what written a song, a song like that? No one. No. See that girl. Feel no. that beat. I mean, I, I it's great. It it it's just too it's good. Great. Number one, I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. I think undisputed. This is correct. I agree. I was like number one. Yeah, that's right. It is the song. It's the song. It's, it's so like, good. It's so good. It combines soul, disco, pop, R and B. It is it's everything. everything. It it's could everything. Mean, it could be actually a very sad song. It could be yeah. a very happy song. Uh-huh. It can be. It, it is just, and then you have the vocals of Whitney Houston. I mean, it's belong. It just, again, Whitney can be dead and gone. She 
always, always will be the voice. She, there is not a chart that she will not top. Like for I real. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, some notable mentions we have um, at number eleven was "Kiss" by Prince. Great song. Great song. Um, and at number twelve was "Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears. Yeah, uh, deserved again. Yeah, again, I agree. I put um, Hey Ya by Outkast is at 14. I mean, what a great what, fucking tune. What, what a, a great, great song. Also deserved. And Mariah's highest um, charting was Fantasy at 15. Also a brilliant, brilliant song. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac at 17. I mean, you know, that I, song also made a comeback in the last few years. So. I, and I actually thought I this could have charted higher, if I'm being honest. This That's is a true. Good 17 song. is, yeah, 17 is kind of low. This is a good song. Dreams? That's a good it's, it's clearly stands the test of time. It really does. Um, Beyonce's highest charting is Crazy in Love at 18 by Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, again, I feel like this could be higher, too. I think it could be a few slots higher, too. But I think it's right to be her highest charting, just based on, like, pop yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this was so big for her and coming out as a solo artist. And you mm-hmm. know, I agree. Yeah. um, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga is at 24 and Mm -hmm. at number 30 is Rolling in the Deep by Adele. I think both very Mm -hmm. deserving at the numbers they're at and agreed with both of them. I agree. Um, Last Dance by Donna Summer at 43. Again, a fucking classic. I think this could be higher, honestly. This is kind of an iconic song. It could definitely be higher. It could definitely be higher. I agree. Yeah. I love how you wrote this unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield is at number 70. This is at number 70. I think people would be like, wow, that's at number seven. That's in the top hundred. That song, that that song's amazing. I don't think it should be in the top 100. I disagree. Unwritten? I I could monologue the whole thing. Reaching for something in the distance so close you can almost taste it. Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. (laughs) Only you can let it in. No one else. No one else, bitch. No one fucking else. (laughs) Natasha's pen rocks. And you know what? This is so deserving. Okay. <laughs> you you're you're convincing me. I guess she deserves to be a number seventy. I don't think she should be higher than seventy. No, Not no, with no. These others bangers. No. But that that pen for that song slaps. Okay. But let's let's talk about this though. These songs okay. that are too low. All I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey is at ninety seven. So no, unwritten by Natasha Benningfield at number seventy is no, higher right. than All I Want for Christmas is you. That's insane that's insane and i agree and i'm not just saying this because i love mariah she made christmas was transformed for popular radio this song is one of the best songs of all time literally the fact that that's not in the top 20 at least is wild it's at 97 it barely makes the top 100 you're right alia and i appreciate you supporting the lambs you're right yeah because what the (laughs) fuck you're right I i was even more I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston at 60. Again, this should be in the top 20 at least. I know you can't see us. I'm looking around right now. Like, because who, who, who thought, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, plop, we'll plop in I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston at 60. I will always, it's one of. I'm literally just like sitting in silence because I'm like, fuck this. It, it's the. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's one of the that's the ultimate singer song. Like that is it. Yeah. <sighs> Billboard. I know. And then I, I think you'll agree with me here, Alia. I actually think your song by Elton John should be higher. It was at fifty-four. This song rocks. A little you bit funny. This feeling John. inside. 
again, oh. should be in the top 20. Should be in the top what 20. What a pen. What a pen. What a pen. I was mad to see Smooth Operator by Sade only at 78. I thought this was a top 50 song. This really pushed forward the conversation of that, that modern R&B. Okay. And I'm happy to see no, it agree. recognized in the top 100. But at least it's in the top 100. Yeah. You know, I, I thought we could have given it top 50. Yeah, I agree. Uptown Funk is at 76. That should be in the top 50. Right? Uptown Funk. That, that song fucking rocks. Yeah. That's a I good lo- song. I love Bruno Mars, though. I fucking love no, him. No, me too. I love Bruno Mars. This What's one going on? Me. Yeah. So, so you can say this. This really shocked me. No, this is... Again, Billboard, honestly, fuck you. What's Going On by Marvin Gaye is at 102. I wish I could. I wish they could see it because I want to stand up and slam my head. This change. This was a social. First of all, this sparked a social movement, literally in the in America. Right. And number two, it changed the course of soul music in the seventies. This, this is a culture. This is a song that's once in a lifetime. This kind of song happens. I know, literally once in a lifetime. But I mean, ain't no mountain high enough is at thirty seven. So at least he is. Yeah, and he's. I get that that's like higher because I guess it's more poppy, but whatever. This is the problem. But, but yeah, right. But impact wise, you're telling me what's going on isn't in the top 100. That's, I mean, who's going to, re- if that's not in the top 100, then there's no hope for anyone else to try to make it there now. Like, that's crazy. You want to know what the most criminal thing yes. in the entire list is? And I agree. <laughs> Don't stop till you get enough by the Michael Jackson is at a hundred and thirteen jail whoever made this list jail <laughs> i i i would go out on a limb and actually say you could replace that at number seven billy jeans at number seven you could swap them don't stop till you get enough is yeah maybe that... his <sighs> people see this is the problem and i know all of you true michael jackson music fans out there off the Wall, that album is, because of the success of Thriller, I don't think people realize how good Off the Wall is. The production of Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, every, the, uh, I can't he even speak that, on it. I can't I even know, speak on it. Jerry told me that he wrote that song when he was like 18 or something. Yes, he wrote that song when he was 18 years old. 18 like, years old, he wrote that song. Go listen to it fuck? and you tell me that that's not one of the best songs ever. Yeah, this is criminal and someone, yeah, I agree, jail, jail, yeah. jail. Um, another person, another reason to uh, put somebody in jail is Never Too Much by Luther Vandross being at 468. See, almost, I haven't looked as far in the list. I, that, I just stopped looking at the list because I was like, this me, is too much. You're telling me, dun, 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 almost didn't make the top 500 songs of all time. Never. I tell you, you know, can I just say, I've been to... All the concerts I've been to this year, this song, I'm not just, I'm not making this up. This song has played in the pre-show of all of yep. them. Because, because this it's song. A fucking banger. Everyone's up. Song, Everyone's living. This song is amazing. It almost didn't make the list. <sighs> Billboard, we really gotta, we really gotta talk. So I was looking through this list, Alia, and mm-hmm. I thought, I was waiting. I thought this was going to be in the top 10. I know this is a bold statement. I was waiting and waiting and waiting for this next song to come never comes on the list. The song is Dancing on My Own by Robin. Wild. Let me tell you. you, Huge omission. This is wild because there's so much about this song that makes it so brilliant. First of all, the lyrics, Robin's a great writer. Second of all, Robin was 
catapulted into fame with a brand new audience. Robin's been around since the 80s and 90s. She was very famous. She comes in, she does this, she proves that everything she does is great. She pushed forward this kind of electronic sound of the of the 2010s. This song has been covered. This this is a brilliant song. So I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that a music editor like left this out for real. Like there's no possible way. So then I'm doing my research, Alia, and I find out that the only songs quote unquote eligible for this list are songs that actually were in the Billboard Hot 100. So then oh. much to my surprise, this song didn't has never charted in the oh, Hot 100. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? This song is again one of the best of all time. And it didn't even chart. So it's just simply not eligible, unfortunately. But Justice, can we get this? Should get on the chart. Everyone listen to this. If you're yeah, listening we to this to, podcast, we just need give to it somehow get it up. Yeah. Because that's crazy. So, what a all, list. All of that to say an intense list from Billboard, which is always random and unfortunately includes many misses. But I love that it gave us something to talk about. Me too. Another thing that people are talking about is Rihanna, per usual. I mean, she's... We love to talk about her. She's the fucking best. And apparently, she is planning a world tour for 2024 and 2025 after striking a deal with Live Nation. And she has plans to release new music. Now, don't get your hopes up too much because a high-level source tells Billboard that these reports are, and I quote, bogus. So who knows what's true? Um, but let's all just like start a manifestation circle to make this true because yeah. <laughs> I, would I would love that. to see this happen. I mean, granted, she did just have another kid. So that yeah, leads think... me to believe that maybe this isn't real. But she, you, know, you never know. She really could surprise us. I didn't expect her to do the halftime show. So I agree. And let's hope for it. Agreed. Ariana Grande is apparently working with producer Max Martin on new music, um, but she does not know when it's going to be released. She wants to be respectful of the timeline for Wicked, and she apparently was originally not going to do any music until after all the films were released, like I had thought. Maybe she's starting early because they like stopped filming because of the strikes. Right, she has some time, I guess. Yeah, so maybe she's like, bitch, I'm bored, like, and I'm like in love with Ethan Slater, I guess. So let me oh like, gosh, write she some was, new music. Alia, she was spotted at 54 below. I meant to tell you this. At 54 below? She was spotted at 54 below. I wish I had this. The source is Alexa Liebersfeld, but not because Alexa spotted her, but... Oh, gosh, I forget the story. Oh, Darn. Man. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Whose concert was she seeing? I guess Ethan Slater was singing in a sh- in a in one of those concerts oh, they do there. Geez. You know, one of the like the, the mumble, the, the like mixed concerts that they do, not like a headliner. It's like they sing. Yeah, like 54 have, Below sings. sings. Yeah. And, and whatever. And Ariana Grande was there. You know, I was excited that, back to her new music, just this might be a hot <laughs> take. So excited to hear that when I read she was making new music. And then I didn't. I got a little sad when I heard it was with Max Martin. I just want to be clear. I love Max Martin. He's brilliant. One of the best uh, producers of all time. But that makes me think it's super pop. And I I was really hoping Ariana was going to continue to move into the R&B, the soul, the like old Mm -hmm. school. So I I will be disappointed if she releases a super pop record. I have to be honest. I understand that. But I mean, she's also still super young. So I guess she's probably like going to try to do the pop thing for as long as possible before, you know, going into the more um like vocally demanding yeah. stuff and you I know guess. what it's max martin and ariana grande it will be great so i mean yeah it'll be fabulous taylor <laughs> swift's eras tour 
surpasses $100 million domestically. Wild. It, it opened at $128 million globally. So it has surpassed the record for a concert film previously set by Michael Jackson's This Is It in t- 2009 at $74.3 million. Can we just have a moment that he sold $74.3 million in 2009 is wild. It's honestly not to exactly. be like annoying. It's equivalent to this. To, to, if I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Due to inflation and everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We love, Ali and I love that film. <laughs> yeah, but that is the only time I will ever, um, you know, put Michael Jackson and Taylor Swift in the same sentence. <laughs> I agree. It's really tough to do, but she, I guess, is deserving of it this one time. I suppose. She, she also became the most streamed artist in a single day on Spotify this past Friday due to the release of 1989 Taylor's version. It is a career-changing, music-changing album, and so I'll give it to her. She deserves a lot of streams on it, and good for her. Congrats. <laughs> I honestly can't wait to see the movie whenever it's released on streaming, so Me I can too, make my right? own I uh, and opinions. I feel, like, I feel like maybe we can do like a... a review post where we're like we're yeah. just catching up we gotta we gotta watch it i am really Yo, yeah when it comes out on streaming 35 dollars for it absolutely not absolutely not so apparently youtube is working on an ai tool that would allow users to create videos that use the voices of famous musicians so this is obviously terrible the big major labels like universal sony warner they're already starting to work um on voice rights but I just had to like say this just so people are aware that like shit like this is happening. Like AI like isn't like it's coming, like it's here. So I would just say to be um vigilant and not to like use your favorite artist's voice to like make music that they didn't make. Like that's so weird. I can't even yeah. If I talk about I'll get very upset. This is horrible. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, this is awful. Don't support this. Don't do this. It's wrong. It's wrong. But you can barely people can barely get paid for their music that's streamed. So like, right. Let's, that part. Let's, just, let's just not, let's not do this. Let's, let's just, ugh, gosh, it's so annoying. Also sad is that weekends with Adele announced their final shows through June, 2024. Let me tell you, this is a, this is a great event. And, and I wanted to bring this up because good for Adele. I I'm telling you, she could have done this for the rest of her life for real. Like for there's real. nothing else she, she needed really to do. And Mm -hmm. she was literally at the piano. I saw this on TikTok in her last weekend. First of all, I also just got news that she dressed up as Morticia Adams this week. Full drag. I saw that. I saw that. Performed the show as... Incredible. (laughs) She's so wonderful. She's just... Everyone wants to be her best friend, I think, right? Like, I Oh, yeah. I mean, she was the delight. She was like... She was like speaking on the piano at the very beginning of the show. She's like, yeah, we just announced our last bit of shows here i you know could have went on and on i'm making a lot of money but i thought i may as well clock out while i'm incredibly successful so that's what i'll do <laughs> amazing it's just like good for you it seems like this is truly as high as she can go but who knows what's next i'm excited yeah um i love adele she cracks me up i she is so funny she is so funny she i just had to say this she like recently revealed that she just quit drinking four months ago and she says that now her life is so boring (laughs) she says in a quote i was literally borderline alcoholic for quite a lot of my 20s but i miss it so much unquote and i just think yeah i just think that she's just that gal like i just 
appreciate her. She's such a talent. And I just can't wait to see what she does next. Yes. Folks are less than thrilled with Miss Lauren Hill, one of my all-time faves, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, one of my favorite albums. She is on a 25th anniversary tour of that album with the Fugees. And the tour is rough, supposedly. I what am, do you mean? What was going on? Yeah, so I'm hearing things like she comes out two and a half hours late. She This I've heard about, about her. She can't. She's having sound issues of some sort, like in her in-ears. She's like conducting the band. She clearly didn't go to sound check. She doesn't own the rights to her song, so the music is done in a different way because she doesn't own the melodies. She only owns the words. Mm. I saw Ms. Lauren Hill right before COVID at the United Palace Theater randomly. It was like a one-night-only thing, and I was incredibly, deeply disappointed. Yeah, yeah. this is what I hear of her. It's I was really sad. It sucks. It's just like, you know when they say, be careful seeing your, your like icons and legends yeah. because they'll let you down? This was that one of those moments I had. The voice is still great, I have to tell you, for real. And I've seen yeah. the clips. The voice is still great. But I guess I'm just like, please, please, why are you going on two and a half hours late? What what else are you doing What's in going your day? On? Yeah, what's happening there? It, it's so Confusing. disrespectful. It's yeah. disrespectful. So that's unfortunate. I would say that if you're thinking about buying a ticket, I've heard you should not be spending money on this. So Yikes. I understand. Do you think it's going to be iconic? But she will let you down. Um, on a much happier note, Brandy announces her new holiday album, Christmas with Brandy, coming out next month. I've been waiting my whole life for this, Alia. I'm not kidding. This is really great news. And she's also going to be like in a holiday movie or something on yeah. Netflix. Justice for Brandy. She deserves it all. She's one of the best. We got the vocal Bible. I love her. I'm in. Let me tell you, you want some, we think that Luther, we think Nat King Cole, those Christmas albums are good. She's going to be right up there with it. That tone lends itself to a cozy fire. I cannot so wait. So fucking true. Yeah, I just want to like cozy up and listen to that for I real. already pre-ordered the vinyl. Classic. <laughs> Classic, Serge. <laughs> All right. And now we're in our theater corner. I think the biggest news of the last few weeks is that we finally have the stars of the cabaret revival that's coming to Broadway this spring. Um, so Eddie Redmayne, um, Academy Award winning actor, um, will be playing the MC, and then Gail Rankin will be Sally Bowles. So I didn't know who Gail was before, so I looked her up. She was literally Froline Cost in the 2014 Cabaret Revival at Studio 54. I saw her in this. Thoughts? Um, Oops. I... Already. No, 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 no. I, I, no, no. I thought okay. she was very good as Fräulein Kost. All right. I am not, I don't think I would choose her to play Sally Bowles, but I hope that she surprises me. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll yeah. See. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. She's apparently going to be in season two of House of the Dragon. Um, so I guess she's fierce. She's definitely a good actress. I, 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 I think that this casting is not what anyone expected, or maybe I was just out of the loop. I was like going to be ready to buy these tickets when they announced them and that the pre-sale happened. And honestly, I'm kind of just like, I'll, I'll see it when it's time now, oh. you know, when, when I can get to it. Yeah. I'm not really running to see Eddie Red. I think he's a fantastic actor. I'm not really running to see him in this role. I'm, we couldn't have done any better than this person for this iconic role. Like Alan Cumming played it before. Right. 
And I, I, we just had a revival. Like it was in 2014. Yeah, like this was not that long ago. So I'm just kind of like, eh, about the whole thing already. Um, but I just am confused by the casting, honestly. But I'm open to seeing it, of course. Of course. And I'm sure, like, once it opens and once it gets closer, we'll have a better idea of what they're going to be giving. Michael Mahady bought, bought tickets again. Shout out to our friend of the pod. And he told me that it's like Here Lies Love configuration, which scares me. Oh, okay. The immersive yeah. vibe. Yeah. That I makes sense that. with, like, what the clips that I've seen and from okay. what I already know about it. All right. So we'll see. Um, other big news that dropped this week is Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford are departing Sweeney Todd in January. And then a few days later, it was announced that Gatton Matarazzo from Stranger Things will also be departing in November. So it looks like there's going to be a bit of a turnover over at Sweeney Todd. I think that's interesting. We had talked about last episode that it was going to be a female rapper. Mm-hmm. But now I heard that it's possible the replacements for Josh and Annalie will be Aaron Tveit and Sutton Foster. <sighs> Which if that's going to happen, I think they should just close it probably, right? They should. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know about nobody. I mean, the fangirlies want that, but like nobody who like actually likes musical theater wants that to happen. Well, talk about the integrity of the show really being lost here. Yeah. Aaron Tveit? I want to... tenor? I'm, I'm quest... Just whoever... If th- I hope this isn't true, but I whoever is really contemplating this, please think about Stephen Sondheim in his grave right now about this decision. Deadass. Because I'm telling you he would not approve it. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Sutton Foster, bro. She's good at a lot of things. This isn't... I don't think this is going to be one of them. This isn't one of them. I'm telling you that. I'm telling yeah. you that. Why? Uh, yeah, the... Te- uh, <sighs> well... Yeah. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll st- this really has reignited this is a story my finger that I, yeah. on the pulse. So. No, for real. This is, I'm keeping my eyes peeled on this one. Uh, <laughs> nice. The Who's Tommy revival is finally coming to Broadway this spring. As Alia knows, I'm still upset no one called me. I, I, had, I did tell my agents I was upset with them, and they ignored that comment. So... I also went in for this, did not get cast. But you know what? They they really made me dance for this. Like, dance, dance. It's a dance. I know. I just, I don't know. It's just, right. I thought maybe this was my time. But we we really have been waiting for this to happen. Yeah, like, I'm so excited. We're going so, together. Yeah, we have to go together. Like, we fucking love the show. Who's Tommy? Finally coming to Broadway. I've never been more thrilled. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. They can do I, so much with it, too. Yay. I know. I know. This will be good. And, yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, we don't have any other information about casting, but we'll obviously update you when we do. I'm assuming it will be a majority of the cast that was in Chicago when they did yeah. the out-of-town tryout um, this last uh, yes. summer. Yeah. Um, it was just announced yesterday that Kenny Leon is going to direct an our town revival on broadway in 2024 i mean i don't really have anything to say me neither but it's the headline yeah Yeah. next um the notebook (laughs) cast was revealed uh, yesterday as well um our friend john cardoza is going to be playing younger noah i'm so excited for him good for you john congratulations that's wild man that's like 
That's really cool. Really, yeah, really cool. No, it's really cool. And um, looks like Joy Woods and um, the rest of the principals that were in Chicago in the out of town tryout are joining as well. Um, so I'm really excited for the show. I've been in for it three times. So maybe I'll be in it one day. But for everything that I know, the music is fantastic. Um, it's Ingrid Michaelson. So I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be um, the hit of the season for sure. Yeah, can't wait. Stephen Sondheim's final musical, Here We Are, has opened off-Broadway at the Shed NYC. Alia, crazy it's here. Crazy that it's here. It's crazy to say the word Stephen Sondheim's final musical. I but know. Yeah, but at least we got it at all. There, This has been like rumored for years, and I feel like just so glad that it's finally like out in the universe. Um, I don't know if I will get a chance to see it. I don't know what tickets are like or how long it's running. Um, but the New York Times gave it a good review. Um, there, uh, and what I've been hearing is that Act One is is strong, and Act Two is a little less strong, but it's still good nonetheless. Yes, um, our, our dear friend of the pod, and may I say, industry insider Alex Gold, shout out to him. He <laughs> yes. quite liked it. We we were at dinner the other night, and he was he was singing its praises. Actually, oh he said wow, it was very much worth it. And Alex, well, Alex tells I, I trust Alex. If he did not like it, he would say he did not like it. So. So yeah. I think it's worth worth a shot here. I agree. I mean, it's Sondheim, so you really can't go wrong. Yes. Even if it's like weaker um, than you might like necessarily like think, I it's just, still better I mean, than majority yeah. of the things that are on Broadway these oh, days. For, oh, that's for sure. I do hope it's better than The Frogs. But anyway, <laughs> the Hunger Games stage adaptation is coming to London in fall of 2024. Very in the similar realm of the Harry Potter. I'm interested to see what that's like. I, I mean, I guess I'm interested. Do we need another stage adaptation? No, but I mean, I guess it's at least good source material. Yeah, it could be fun and cool. Yeah. Um, last thing here on our theater corner is that I saw Melissa Etheridge's Come to My Window playing Circle in the Square on Broadway for a limited engagement. I absolutely love Melissa Etheridge. I think she is a warrior. Um, the show was strange. Um, so right. Yeah. If you're, yeah, the show was weird. It should definitely be a film. I think for real, like there should be a movie sounded like a million bucks. I'm not just saying that she literally sounded like a million bucks, man. I forgot. She can really interpret a song well and her life was crazy. So I, I really quite enjoyed myself. I thought the show was strange though. Like, I don't know if I'm rec- like to the group of people that listen to this podcast. I don't know if you should go. But yeah. if you like Melissa Etheridge and rock and roll, it's great. Let's head over to our reality TV corner. Uh, season of the challenge has come to a conclusion. The finale took place two weeks ago. I don't think we need to spend too much time, but Chris and Desi won. And I would love to hear your opinion quickly, Ali. My opinion is love Desi. Literally, like, she rocks. And Chris, I just don't care about him. And I'm really sad that he won. So yeah. I understand that. I think... I mean, obviously, I don't like Chris as a person. I think he's annoying. But I think his mm-hmm. um, whole journey on the show was, like, really interesting. I mean, they tried to kick him out so many times and he yes. never, like, left. So I think the redemption arc of it all was, yes. like, really cool. Especially when he was at the end with, like, Bananas and Fessy and, like, these great players. Um, obviously, I love Desi. I loved her last season. I was so upset last season when she lost because she was with fucking, um, what's his name? Enzo from fucking oh, Big Enzo, Brother quit. Enzo's the worst. Right. She was so close to the final and she didn't win. So I was so glad that she won. I literally cried when she won. I was like, thank fucking God. I was rooting for her all season. Um, 
so yeah, I was I was pleased with the outcome. Yeah, I was sad to see that Bananas and Tori lost quite a bit of steam at the end. Yeah, that that was tough to watch because I just love them so much. But, you know, they'll be on another season of and course, they're of fine. Course. Uh, the highlight for me was, please tell me that you caught Adam Lambert's music when the season concluded. Literally, they got to the top of the mountain and finished the challenge and it was Adam Lambert. You know I fucking did. You know I, I like, fucking did. Thank God. Literally, thank God. <laughs> I was like, there's no way they're using the song. And they were. <laughs> and I thought it was going to, it played, the entire song played. Like, it was the end of the season oh, yeah. song. Yeah. Like, it was like the song, the like triumphant song. We love you, Adam, obviously. We uh, really do. <laughs> Golden Bachelor. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. These group dates, you're right. So delightful. You're so they right. Are. Like, last week, they had the pickleball date, which, like, was just so fun. And, like, um, like April pretending to fall to get, like, her, like, winking at the camera being like, yeah, I didn't really fall. I'm totally fine. Um, like, truly a reality TV icon. Like, I wish that we could have gotten more of her. She's um, legendary. I agree. And then this week with the Santa Monica Pier, like that was just so fun. Like this just, the show just continues to be the best show on TV right now. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't convince me otherwise. It just brings a smile to your face. It's heartwarming. And then when it's emotional, you really do feel the emotions genuinely. Like you really care about these people and their lives. I mean, it's so rare, especially in reality TV. Uh, I so agree. The the Ellen breakup was hard to watch. That I don't was ooh. really tough. I I was really shocked by that. I was stunned. Why Teresa? Why? I don't know. I think he's really holding on to like their initial connection. Ugh, I hope. She, I know. I don't know. I'm kind of nervous now. I'm like, I'm we can't do all like, of this for her to win. That's crazy. I know. I'm, I'm kind of. I feel like it might be leaning that way. I'm kind of scared. I know. I am scared. I love that Sandra's a dirty hoe. <laughs> I mean, first of all, we need to talk about that truth or dare game that they all oh played. My. They were all playing. Um, no, no, not truth or dare. No, never have playing, I ever. Um, never have yeah, I never ever. have I ever. Sorry, I'm getting confused with Bachelor in Paradise, which was oh. actually good this week. I didn't watch. Sorry. They played truth or dare and it was oh. actually fun. Okay. Um, But never have I ever. They played it with ice cream, not like alcohol. And like the shit that they were revealing was amazing and like yeah sandra just being like oh yeah like i've had sex like everywhere like in the workplace like every all these places <laughs> obsessed say, with like that. on the steering wheel or something yeah also love the scene <laughs> of gary and sandra trying to figure out how to like facetime like that, that was, was just like so classic again the genuine it's so genuine and so cute yeah i'm really like interested to see how this season goes because gary is so like genuine and like just so emotionally vulnerable i mean we've said this every time we talk about it but like it really is true so this is just going to get harder and harder as we go on we have hometowns next week so i'm just really intrigued and kind of scared to see how this plays out because in the previews it looks rough i know and though i think the show i've said this before could be 90 minutes i love that the season is the length that it is like why aren't every batch this is the perfect we're we're getting into it we're excited we're intrigued we're, we're feeling it and it will be over soon and that's great mm-hmm. yeah i genuinely want more i think 90 yes. minutes would be perfect yes big brother i am saying this alia i've said it before i'll say it again big brother 25 i think is great it is getting the best ratings it's gotten in 10 years it's getting the most viewership it's gotten in 10 years and i'm serious when i say i i feel like we're back to like og big brother and let me just explain myself it, i say that in the sense of the the players aren't like amazing it's a bit chaotic do you know what i mean and it's chaotic for and sure it, it's giving a very young 
player sort of vibe. I don't mean an mm-hmm. age, but I mean like, like, and I, I like that personally. Like that reminds me of the days when Big Brother was newer and people weren't sure what was going to happen and, and they didn't know how to play as well. And I just thought like the comic verse week stretch of episodes was really great. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying I, the season for sure. I'm definitely getting over the fact that like Matt and Jag are like, Yes. You know, it monopolizing, monopolizing the game. They're monopolizing the season at the moment. Which, like, I just get annoyed with that when, like, I know. the strong guys, like, do that and just, like, start taking out, like, the women. I'm just like, this is just so typical, Big Brother. I'm like, oh, can't you just, like, make a competition that isn't physical, producers, I agree. Please? Like, like when, when we saw the, the, the ball competition, right. like, I was like, oh, this is, there's no chance, Sari and Felicia have a, have no. a shot in the world at this. Exactly. I'm like, oh, jeez. Can we talk about how weird Blue's exit interview was with Julie Chen Moonves? I mean, Blue is just so unserious. Like this persona that she has, it's like she, so... like I listened, I heard this on a podcast too. They were like, she watched one episode of Drag Race and like <laughs> made that her entire personality. I really don't like it. No, me neither. Like it's, it's so fake and gross. yeah, she's like putting on like a black accent. I'm like, girl, no, please. Yeah, you, yeah, no, like it's 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 unsettling. I agree. Yeah, unsettling. The double eviction was fascinating. The final five we have is interesting. It's it interesting. interesting. Yeah. Bowie Jane winning was bizarre. Like the wow. whole episode was just like weird. Yeah. Like America leaving. It was just like, okay, like you're going to eliminate the one person who has, who like has nobody who was just on the block I like know. two weeks in a row. Sure. And actually whatever. her final moments were very endearing. Like her yeah. love for the show and the game. I was like, okay, America, yeah. I, I see this. Yeah. That's why I've been a, a, not a fan of her, but I've been rooting for her. So Which sad to see up- her go, but you know, it is what it is. As, as long yeah. as Surya is safe, I'm happy. Which do you think Ceres fucked it up? Because Felicia is a... I don't know why she's trusting her. I don't know why. I don't know why either, but Matt is so, like... Matt's bought in. Matt's bought yeah, into Ceres. Yeah, Matt is so into Ceres, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it right now. Yep. And that's why this week could be very interesting. Yes. This week could be interesting. I won't tell you who won. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Has Big Brother, though... <laughs> This is a question. Has Big Brother had more successful marriages than The Bachelor? Because I found out from Julie Chen Moonves they had they have had seven successful marriages. That's amazing. That really is amazing. But it makes sense for like a show structure like right? this when you get to spend so much time with somebody. Like, how cool is that? I yeah. love it. Go Big Whereas, Brother. like The Bachelor, you spend zero time with them. Exactly. I mean, only one Bachelor has ever gotten married to the girl that he chose. Um, so I guess you, you can count Ari. Yeah. But he didn't choose Lauren initially. So that's two. And then there are some like bachelorette marriages like Rachel and um, Jojo and Jordan. But they're They're still married. I I think so. Oh. Um, But like they might have seven, but definitely not more than seven. It's just, it's funny. It's funny. It's it's really funny. An update on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It premiered this past week on Bravo, and Kyle and Mauricio are certainly split up. They are living in the same house still and on different floors. The tea of it all is that Mauricio was seen holding hands of Dancing with the Stars partner, Emma Slater, which, Emma, listen to me. I love you. You know I love Dancing with the Stars. Don't do this. Don't do this. It's, nope, don't, nope, nope, nope. I'm telling you, you are too good for him. Stop. Stop it right now. Don't do it. And the other shocking news was that supposedly Dorit and PK are also taking a break. This is weird. It 
kind of broke like simultaneously on the day of the premiere and also definitely juicy tea. Um, maybe she was faking it. Who knows? And the last thing I'll say is that Dancing with the Stars this past week did a tribute dance to Len Goodman, the late Len Goodman, head judge of Dancing with the Stars, creator and producer of Strictly Come Dancing. If you haven't watched this, I know a lot of people don't watch Dancing with the Stars anymore, but if you haven't watched this, please look it up. It is a beautiful, touching moment to see that dance can tell the most beautiful stories. And I'm sure all of you know who Len Goodman is. At some point or another, you've grown up watching him on your TV screen and it was really beautiful. So we love you, Len. Moving on to other pop culture news very quickly. So there's really no SAG AFTRA update as they're still in negotiations, but they have encouraged members to not just up as characters from struck TV series and movies for Halloween this weekend. So okay. instead they would encourage them to use generalized characters like a ghost or a zombie. Okay. Interesting, right? I'm I like, get I it. Get I get it. Yeah, I totally I get, get it. it. But I'm like, it's the it's the ghost or zombie that's funny. Right. To me. I'm like, <laughs> who's going out as a ghost you, and a zombie? <laughs> right. I'm like, what do you expect people to do? It's, ho- it's Halloween. It's so unserious. I know that's tough. Hey, what are you being for Halloween, Alia? I am going to be um, Jenna from Thirteen Going on Thirty because I am thirty this year. Oh my gosh, so I yeah. got the dress that she wears to the party. Um, when you know it, you you know. Like yeah. when you see it, you're like, I know that dress. Okay. Um, so I'm excited. I'm gonna like take a like cute little picture tomorrow. So <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, what I, are you um, doing? Yeah, well, I don't I don't do I, I don't like Halloween. I don't I don't think I've dressed up in quite some time. The Princeton, okay. Princeton is being Winnie the Pooh. He's being Pooh Bear, oh, which is super God. cute. And then Daniel, you all know my best friend, his dog Colby, my goddaughter, is being Eeyore. Oh. And then I know, and then Louie, who is Sapera's dog, Daniel's boyfriend, is being Tigger. So oh that's really I cute. Need the photos. I, I can't wait for these photos to drop. Right? They're gonna be so cute. It's so cute and random. I love it. Oh my god. Yeah, right. It's just so wonderful. Okay. So <laughs> sorry, we really got sidetracked, but I thought yeah. it was a good question. Um no, that's a good question. Saturday Night Live has had so many random cameos. You're so right. Alia put the bullet. These days, they're just having so many random days. But you're right. I was watching. Obviously, I watched the season premiere or the re-season premiere. I'm not sure how they're pruning. But anyway, in the fact that Pedro Pascal and Lady Gaga just showed up was crazy. Yeah. And like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were there. And Mick Jagger was there too. It's just like people are just out and about new york these days and going on snl i suppose yeah they're like we're near 30 rock i guess like, right what? like no rhyme or reason but like sure we'll it's, take it i guess it's definitely weird but it's definitely giving snl a headline so that's good i guess it is they and good lord they, they need it, it. <laughs> yeah um so meryl streep sad news sad news about meryl streep um, her husband of 45 years, Don Gummer, they have apparently been separated for over six years. Very sad, but I guess they're probably happy if it's been six years. And I like that, you know, it's not being thrown in our face like Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship. Yeah, which, well, speaking of. Right, which she's now working on reconcil- reconciling her relationship with Will Smith. Quote, a chance we could get back together. Listen, this, we talked about it last episode. After we talked about her performance on the Today Show, she supposedly, a source tells us, demanded to go back on the Today Show. 
And she had this bizarre follow-up interview with Hoda Kotb. I cannot describe it. You have to look it up. Hoda Kotb is sitting there confused. Like, literally, she's... (laughs) Everyone's confused. Hoda's like, wait, you just... Literally, Hoda's like, you told us something very different last week, though. So, So you're back together now? And she's like yes, that's what I've been saying. And I feel like you missed that part of the interview. And Hoda's like, I missed that part of the interview. What are you talking? It's like the most bizarre thing. And Hoda's, they're literally just sitting on a couch and Hoda's just, her look is of pure confusion the entire time. I hope this is the last we hear about this story. I really, really do. You know it won't be. You know know. it won't be. This is going to be ongoing forever. Literally forever. So annoying. I know. Also annoying, um, a trailer that has taken the internet by storm these last few weeks. Um, the rom-com called Anyone But You, starring Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. It looks terrible. I um, saw. I, I watched it after you put it on this outline. Yeah, it looks, so looks awful. Looks like every other rom-com you've ever seen. But will I be there opening weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. You know, I eat this shit up. Yeah, you know, I eat this shit up. Well, say it with me, Alia. Tomate chalame, Wonka. <laughs> He's training to play. I can't even read that. You're gonna have to read it. We'll probably keep that in because I, I literally can't get keep it this bullet point. Okay. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is apparently training to play. Bob Dylan with Austin Butler's Elvis team. So he said, and I quote, I saw the way he committed to it all and realized I needed to step it up, end quote. So expect (laughs) that to come at some point in the near future. What in the world? Literally. Literally, what what the fuck? The world of where are we living? That's he crazy. He saw Elvis and said, damn, he really did that. I really got a fucking... Who, 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 who's his team? Give who? me their number. I was just going to say... I'm going to class tomorrow. Who's his team is what he's saying. And also, he's training to play Bob Dylan. We're picking him. I, I love Timothy Chalamet, but what? 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 And also, is there a Bob Dylan movie being made? I guess so. Okay, then. Okay, then, is what I have to say to that headline. Right. Also, just because we're talking about Elvis a little bit, I had to put this in. Okay. Jacob Elordi, who was playing Elvis in the movie Priscilla that is coming out soon, he says that he only knew about Elvis from Lilo and Stitch. Wait, he didn't know who Elvis was? I guess he only knew about it from Lilo and Stitch. That's all. Okay. I just have to put that out there in the universe. Well, she's going to see Priscilla this week, Ali. So we can <gasps> talk about it next on the pod. It's coming out when as we're speaking. Literally oh, as we great. speak. Yeah, okay, hopefully I'll have speak. a chance to see it. Yeah. Um okay, I'll look into that. I'll we look into to, that. Yeah, yeah. Um well that's interesting. Okay. Yes. We'll see how it is. It's out now and we are going to go and we'll see. It's very exciting. Yeah. This is one of my favorite news. This uh, is a great this is a great piece of news. Thank you for putting this in here. I saw it and you had to add it. It's so good. It's, it's so just great. couldn't be more random. So Drake, Champagne Poppy. Champagne Poppy. He had his birthday this last week and he had a birthday party and he hired Breaking Bad stars Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul to bartend his birthday party. 
and he posted like a whole Instagram about it, like thanking them and like just like being so happy that they were there. I love Isn't that just so random? Yes, but is it? You know what I mean? Is it really? Right? Like, right. I love I it. I mean, if for you them. had the money to do it, I would do that as well. And of course, Brian and Aaron were like, sounds great. I mean, who could turn down champion who was at that party though i bet everyone i know i know wow i would love to that's fun that's another just fun little tidbit that we just have to say at the end see the longer you listen to this podcast the more like random it gets um dolly parton uh says she began sleeping in a full face of makeup in the 80s when she moved to la in case of earthquakes she says and i quote I thought, I'm not heading out in the streets without makeup in case there are cameras out there. I'm going to be ready to go, end quote. And I'm just like, the thought process behind this, I get it. Like, you're like a celebrity, like, you don't want to be photographed, like, whatever. If there's like a crazy earthquake, so much so that you need to like leave the house, (laughs) I think the last thing that there's going to be is like paparazzi outside your house. Everyone's going to die. Like, but that's I'm just me. Crying. I don't know. I'm crying laughing because why do I picture Dolly Parton in the wig, in makeup, in nails, in full drag, if you will. Literally full drag. much like a coffin, you know what I mean? Like on her back in bed in just... Yep. Mummy. Yeah. A literal mummy. <laughs> I love her. Me Man. too. We'll put her in whenever we can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Ali. I really just of got course. a good laugh. Because yeah. it's just, because it's, it's also so funny. fitting. It's not yeah, really no, surprising it really news for her. No, not at all. It makes total sense. And a segment we love is called Favorite Random Headline of the Week. What's yours, Alia? <laughs> Mine is Snoop Dogg reveals he has weed connections all over the world, except North Korea. <laughs> makes sense. But even like, in South Korea, he's got them. And you know what's illegal there? Right. So interesting stuff there. Yeah. Mine, I wanted. Yeah. Good for you, Snoop Dogg. I wanted to kind of try to stay on topic. So I got a quote from Billboard. I want you to try to follow me. I wanted to, I wanted you all, I want you all to try to follow me on this quote that they've conjured up here to, (laughs) to, to make, this is a quote record setter kind of quote is what they're trying to conjure up. They said, quote, cruel summer breaks the record for the longest climb to number one on the Hot 100 for a non-holiday song by a female soloist in history over four years after the debut. <laughs> They're who, literally just like trying to like make up like records. Who, who pulled that stat? <laughs> literally like a, a Swifty who's bored at the Billboard office was like, let me just. It has like four qualifiers to make it a thing. <laughs> That's it's crazy. Not a thing. This is not a thing. Like, like they can't pretend that that's something they've been tracking and no. waiting for to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. The record is not to be. You know, the record is that it's Mariah Carey is the longest climb to number one for exactly. "All I Want for Christmas Is You," but they made it so that it's non-holiday by a female because there's clearly a male who has done this. I didn't look that up, and then it has okay. to be over for you. It's it's unbelievable. It's so I can't believe I saw it. It was a real headline that they tweeted. Right. The twists and turns that they did to like make this happen is insane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but what you know, we're cons- billboard. They're always trying to fucking, you know, fuck shit they up. They really they really are. It's so annoying. And it just proves our point further, doesn't it? It does. 
what we're consuming, our favorite part of the episode, just letting you know what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're taking the time in our busy days to share with all of you is, Mm. wow, do you like this voice, Alia? Your radio voice? (laughs) This is my bedtime magic voice. Oh my God. I'm listening to Bad Bunny's new album. He's great. He was great on SNL too, just sidebar. I agree. The album's great too, man. Great stuff. I'm also continually amazed. She still surprises me. Gwen Stefani's fashion. She's on The Voice right now. She's wearing this like blue and white with white polka dots blazer. That's like kind of cropped yet still boxy and oversized for the for the battle rounds. Wow. She is truly a fashionista. Like literally. She's so cool. Is there anyone cooler than her? I don't think so. Literally the song, cool is by her. So, nice. <laughs> Go Gwen. Yeah, Team, team Gwen, Gwen on the voice. Right. <laughs> I am watching the Mike Flanagan shows on Netflix. You're watching um, them which all? I, not all of them. Okay. No, no, no. Um, I'm just recommending them. I <laughs> <laughs> I said on the last pod that I was starting The House of Usher. I yes. finished it. It was great. I loved it. Um, it definitely like ranks like in the middle of the Mike Flanagan shows on Netflix for me. But it's solid. People, but it's solid. No, it's very good. Um, I'm rewatching Midnight Mass right now, um, which is so good. I definitely recommend Haunting of Hill House. That is definitely my all-time favorite. Um, if you're in the mood for something spooky, ooky, watch that. Um, so yeah, I would say Haunting of Hill House is my number one. Midnight Mass number two. Fall of the House of Usher, number three. Um, Haunting a Bly Manor, number four. And unfortunately, Midnight Club, number five. It wasn't very good, but still worth a watch, I think. So if you're in the mood for something spooky and you don't have anything to watch these days because the strike is happening, I highly recommend Mike Flanagan shows. And Fall of the House of Usher is the last show that he is uh, putting on Netflix. He will, um, Yeah, but he has a new deal with Amazon Prime. So I'm interested to see what Which that is brings. weird, but... Alia, very, very odd. You are such a vessel of knowledge up in that brain with this kind of stuff. You just listed them all. It's not even. I'm looking at the outline. That that was not on the outline. That no. is. Yeah, that is fantastic. Brain. That is fantastic. You're a talent. You're a, what you're can a bright, I say? shining I, I, talent. I have a mental illness, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, baby? And if you're listening yeah. to this, I bet you, you do, do too. as well. <laughs> And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) this really got kooky near the end. Oh, happy Halloween, everyone. Enjoy it and be safe. This is indeed the Purple Podcast Episode 7. I'm Serge Clivio. I'm Alia Hodge. And that music you're listening to is an amazing original theme song by our friend Mike Stapleton. Please remember to like, subscribe, give us five stars. You know, we need you to listen. You're listening. You're loving. We want to continue to hear the feedback. We're having a blast here, and we cannot wait to see you in two weeks. Woo! Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Bye. 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 Goodbye.